Welcome to the Because Radio Road Trip. Today we're visiting the New Iceland Heritage Museum in Gimli, Manitoba. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Because Radio. On today's episode of The Road Trip, we took an hour drive north to Gimli, Manitoba, where we met with Juliana Roberts to show us the New Iceland Heritage Museum. Can you tell us exactly what the museum is? You bet. So the New Iceland Heritage Museum tells the story of the settlement of New Iceland. In 1875, uh, a group of Icelanders came here to Canada looking for a better way of life. Uh, and so our museum tells that story. What can we see as we first enter this museum? As you enter the museum, you're going to walk through our gift shop, which we really try to stock with uh, new Iceland materials or Icelandic themed products. On the wall directly behind you is a mural and on the left hand side uh, depicts people, places and things that are important in Iceland. The right hand side is people, places and things that are important in New Iceland and the guy in the middle is Sigtrygur Jonasson known as the father of New Iceland. Sigtrygur Jonasson was was in Iceland and he brought a delegation here to uh, North America uh, looking for a place for the Icelanders to develop or to settle in a colony. So he brought the first group of Icelanders here. The Canadian government uh, gave them this strip of land from Boundary Creek up through White Mud River, which was Riverton, and which included Hecla Island, which was called Big Island or Mickley in those days. So they left Winnipeg and uh, settled along this strip. Yeah, so this whole area now surrounding Gimli, it was once and I guess still considered New Iceland. Absolutely, it's still called New Iceland, Nia Island. Yeah. Oh, very cool. So what can we see next here? So the museum tells the story chronologically of the settlement of New Iceland and it starts off with telling you uh, what the conditions were like in Iceland and what helped to make the decision to immigrate to Canada. In the 1800s there was a plague that hit the sheep, there was volcanic eruptions, uh, there was large families living on farms and there was no urbanization so no cities for them to move to so some of the families made the very difficult choice to immigrate to Canada and leave everything behind. As we go through this museum, there's some depictions of what it used to be like. You get to see an example of how they lived, really. For sure. And you can see in that one big picture there that they lived in in, uh, sod houses. So the homes were built into the hills. They were rocky, muddy floors. You know, some of them, the animals would live on one half and and the the family would live on the other half. Um, You know, it was a, a tough time to live. Can't be easy arriving on October 21st to live in tents prior to a Manitoba winter coming on your doorstep. Um, You know, they had a tough winter, um, but they are a tough stock because they survived. I just want to point out that these are uh, what's called coffers, and so when the Icelanders left Iceland, they were only allowed to bring one trunk of belongings. So if you can imagine going through your house and choosing just a box full of, of your most prized possessions to bring to Canada, and the story goes as well is that often half of the trunk would be taken up by books because the literacy and reading is and was very strong for the Icelanders. They have the highest literacy rate in all the world. Wow. The next uh, picture you see, it's a moving picture. That is, uh, so it depicts the uh, portrait by Arnie Sigurdsson, who is an artist from the east side of the lake, and it's called The Landing. And it's a portrait that comes to life. So it's uh, local residents reenacted what the landing at Willow Island would have been like back on October 21st, 1875. 
And what are we seeing now? Uh, so this part of the museum starts with what settlement would have been like uh, in New Iceland. So this is a tent. This would have been a typical dwelling that they would have set up and lived in until they built log cabins when they arrived here. And again, there was a baby born the first night when they landed. Then we come to an open view of what a log cabin or a typical log cabin would have been in those days. Uh, they would have been very small, again, multiple families, but you can see that there's a lot of traditional items, a spinning wheel, a ponic cooker pan, a long spiel. There's lots of, uh, of items that they would have brought with them that were important enough for them to bring to Canada. And behind you is a little model of a log cabin. Again, it, it depicts what it w uh, a typical log cabin would have been, but you see the little extra table at the back. Mm -hmm. uh, they made the log cabins with that little table to use for shearing sheep or different outdoor activities. The museum itself is very beautiful, but this would be hard without support. We are lucky enough to be counted as a Manitoba Signature Museum, so we do get some government funding, um, but we, we rely on fundraising and grants. Uh, so the West Shore Community Foundation has been extremely generous to, uh, to our museum, and we're looking at one of the exhibits that was made possible by their funding, and it is a song for John Ramsey, mm -hmm. and it pays tribute to an Indigenous fellow who uh, you know, there's no pictures of him, but the uh, the stories go that he was instrumental in helping the Icelanders when they first arrived at the White Mud River. He was he went uh, to Winnipeg to bring the first doctor back to the colony when smallpox hit, and while he was gone to Winnipeg, he lost his wife and two children, two or three children. There's different stories. Uh, so even though he had that hardship, he still remained friends with the Icelanders, which is you know above and beyond it just shows the character of the man so this exhibit um we commissioned uh singer songwriter william prince to write a song for john ramsey so we gave him a, a bunch of information and he wrote a song on what he you know what he thought maybe john ramsey would have been thinking or saying uh, so the exhibit itself uh, is a highly interactive it's got buttons that you can press which will tell you the different parts of the story if you press the buttons it'll tell uh, tell you the story chronologically and that was a little clip from Ballad of John Ramsey from William Prince, where you can definitely listen to here at the museum. New Iceland was established in the traditional territories of the Cree and Anishinaabe peoples. An indigenous settlement was located within the boundaries of the new colony, and John Ramsey is remembered for creating a bridge between the two communities. So now we're into the establishment of New Iceland. So on the wall, uh, you will see a copy of the Constitution of New Iceland. They were really forward in, in that they had elected officials, and they knew that in order for a colony to survive, that they needed some semblance of order. So a constitution was developed. There were different um, councillors or reeves that were elected as well. And you can see there that it says it was called the Icelandic Reserve, which remained exclusive to Icelanders until 1897, until it opened its borders and then that's where we transition into the next part of the museum where we talk about Ukrainians and Polish people that became mm. part of New Iceland. There's tons of artifacts in here. How many artifacts would you say are in this museum? Within our collection, we have 3,500 artifacts. 
And here's the best part. As people go through the museum, we it's always very quiet. And then all of a sudden we hear, and swords <laughs> are clanging. And, and this is the spot where uh, visitors can dress up as Vikings and put on helmets and hold shields and, and um, drinking horns, all kinds of fun stuff. And we always hope and encourage visitors to, to put them on Instagram and you know tag us on Instagram because it is a lot of fun. I think it's uh, the most fun part of our museum. Definitely looks like a blast for sure. How would you explain this section? It's a temporary gallery, and we bring in exhibits from uh, Ingenium, the uh, Museum of Science and Innovation, or Food and Science, as well as we sometimes feature local artists. Today we have uh, an installation from the West, uh, Textile Articulation Group, and they're a group of textile artists who visited uh, New Ice on a couple of years ago and created all of these pieces of artwork wow. um, in their interpretation of New Iceland or, you know, things that they experienced when they visited here. Normally, we rotate them about four times a year, and our, and our hope, again, with that rotation is to have repeat visitors because we are located in a small town. We, it is a tourist community in the summer, but those shoulder seasons and winter seasons, we put these installations with the hope that we will get repeat visitors come to see the new uh, exhibits. Absolutely. So whether or not you come here in the summer and decide to come here in the winter, you can always come here and find something new always so now we have this rock area tons of rocks here How, what Liter am i seeing literally a ton <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a uh, a gift from iceland and it is a gift of 1600 pounds of rocks wow. came to be part of the museum in 2011 um and it i, I don't know if it has an example of every kind of rock that you find in Iceland, but of course Iceland is uh, very geologically rich, mm -hmm. and so uh, you can find an example of many, many uh, different kinds. And it's actually illegal to remove rocks from Iceland, so these this is really a rare sight to see. <laughs> yeah. The other thing too is that you know Icelanders uh, have a very strong mythical belief in elves and Hulda folk and trolls mm. and giants and rocks play a really important part in all of those legends or sagas. Uh, so there we talk this one talks about uh, camouflage stones. So if you've actually touched this it's warm. So Icelanders lore says that the stones are dark red and they should be kept under the left arm. So now we're in the volcano room. Volcanoes are very synonymous with Iceland. There's a new island, in fact, that was created. Circe Island was created from a volcano. So uh, Iceland is known for their volcanoes. So this room tells you everything you needed to know and more about volcanoes. You even have a display from Eyjafjallajökull. Jökull. Good job. Yeah, Jökull, <laughs> which erupted in 2010. And as if you remember, uh, it created havoc amongst the aviation world, world all along uh, Europe because the volcanic ash, as you can see in this uh, dispenser, coats everything. It, uh, it, it makes a very fine ash. Um, like some people will think that ash just blows away, but you can see that it's very fine and oh, it's not yeah. something that's removed easily. Wow. This is really all amazing. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for giving us a tour of the museum here today. Um, is there anything that you would like to add about the museum? And can you tell us what is the importance of preserving all of this, really? Right. Um, so the New Iceland Heritage Museum is open 365 days a year. Um, 
from 10 to 4 or you know you can call for different hours we appreciate new visitors um, it's important to remember the story because it's part of the uh, history of Manitoba mm. and the history of Manitoba is part of the history of Canada uh, you know it's also a part of Iceland's history uh, and the Icelanders really um, they the Icelanders love to come here because they are curious to know where their relatives went. And lots of the Icelandic uh, people here in, in Manitoba head back to Iceland to see where their relatives come from. So we have a very reciprocal relationship. I think also that the um, there was a surgence of tourism to Iceland within the last number of years. And there's been a whole new generation that has fallen in love with the stark beauty of Iceland. So I think that this is a great part of their history as well. So I think it's worth the visit to come. Absolutely. So for those visiting Gimli, how can they find you? We're located at 94 First Avenue and the main floor of the Waterfront Centre. So if you travel along first underneath the airplane, we're on the right-hand side. It's the tallest building in Gimli. We're on the main floor. Thanks again, Juliana and the New Iceland Heritage Museum for having us come down on another Because Radio road trip. As mentioned earlier, the New Iceland Heritage Museum has partnered with the West Shore Community Foundation to establish a permanently endowed Manitoba Heritage Trust Fund to support their work. This program helps museums like the New Iceland Heritage Museum operate and preserve Manitoba's rich culture. To learn more about the Heritage Trust Program, visit www.endowmanitoba.ca. This is Sunny Promolo, and you're listening to Because Radio. Thanks for joining us on the Because Radio road trip. We'll see you next week, same time, different place.